Welcome to the Van Hack Podcast, the podcast for tech talent that wants to get hired abroad. All right. We are live. That's awesome. Great. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. <laughs> Starting one more day of VanHackCon webinars. Uh, to let me know if you can hear us, please tell me in the chat, where are you from? And uh, what is your local time? Because I'm based in Brazil. It's like noon right now here. Venezuela. Awesome. What else? Where are you from, guys? Awesome. Dominican Republic, great. India, Portugal, awesome. Brazil, Colombia, Venezuela. That's great. Awesome. Welcome, everybody. Russia, great. Mexico, Pakistan. Awesome, awesome, great. Yes, oh, welcome everyone. Uh, yeah, one more day of Van um, Con starting. It's Friday, right? <laughs> I see someone from Nigeria. Awesome. I see Julia from Vancouver. Hi, Julia. <laughs> All right, awesome. So today we have Maria here with us. Um, she is a Van Hacker, right? Uh, she has been um, working on her own process of, you know, getting her dream job abroad and so on. And uh, yeah, hi, Maria, welcome. Hi. Um, and yeah, I will let you introduce yourself and uh, you can take over from here. Okay. okay, I don't know if you want to share your screen. Yes. Uh, well, uh, first of all, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, the Van Hacken has uh, brought to you a lot of topics and things that uh, we can use uh, in our daily jobs and also to prepare to your life goals uh, if you want to move abroad. So I am Maria, I'm a front-end engineer with about nine years of experience I'm from Colombia. Uh, I consider myself as a Latina, Latina in tech. And um, since uh, the past five years, I've been, in the, uh, um, I've been inside of uh, communities of women in tech. Uh, right now, I belong to the uh, biggest community of women in tech here in Colombia. And also, uh, right now, I'm a Women Tech Maker Ambassador, which is a Google's global program uh, to provide resources, visibility of women in tech. So I have, um, during, uh, through my journey, I have gotten a lot of uh, learnings regarding diversity uh, and inclusion, and some of them I want to share you uh, today with you. So the title of the, of the, of the uh, talk is um, Diversity in Tech Industry, you know? Uh, and I want 
Ted who brought it to you because uh, right now, uh, working world distribu distributed teams, um, having um, um, accurate and very good communication with your colleagues and empathy, of course, those are highly demanded skills um, because this 2020 has come with a, with a really big revolution in our industry. So we need to be prepared uh, also to improve those type of soft skills. Um, uh, also, uh, of course, maybe you are right now in your own journey to improve your technical skills, but this type of skills related with diversity and how to work in, an, in a diverse environment, uh, they are important as well. So, uh, I want to start um, like throwing to you this question. Does diversity really matter? Um, because we know intuitively that it matters, but the reality is that most of the time, sadly, we are comfortable with our privileges. And usually we do not reevaluate our behaviors, especially when it comes to people decisions. Or maybe we just simply do not realize we are biased. So in consequence, we are right now far from achieving truly diverse spaces and teams that is uh, now a main concern in the tech industry. Mm, with lack of diversity, the digital products we are creating are biased. And we seem to be making the same biased decisions as in the 70s, for example, with spacesuits designed only for men or thinking that women of color should, for example, strengthen their hair because uh, that that will look more professional. So, um, not less important, of course, mo right now most of the workplaces still look like this, barely representing the world outside. And this is a problem because we, as tech creators, we are building the present and the future world. But unfortunately, we are building a world suitable for a very specific human being, even without noticing. Mm, what happens then if we want to move outside of this circle and live a life abroad? Um, what happens when we want to work, for example, for a company world distributed? Then we will probably meet the real world that is far enough from, from we were, what we are usually used. Um, so yeah, uh, let me talk about the consequences and the drawbacks of biased technology. I will share with you three examples, uh, very recent, uh, about these uh, negative consequences. Um, maybe a month ago um, in Twitter, uh, a very particular situation appeared. A user exposed a case where his university colleague, a person of color, at the moment of using, of using a digital background on Zoom video call, his head just appear, uh, appeared cut it off. And the guesses were right, you know. Um, let me play this quick video. Um, so the facial recognition algorithm 
wasn't taking in account people of uh, with certain racial features. Uh, but that didn't end it there. Uh, what happens next, uh, it, it ended to turning on the alarms. When the, when the Twitter user was exposing, exposing the case in the social network and attaching some screenshots, not, he noticed that the PVO images always tend to focus on him, a white man, instead of his university colleague. So these are two unfortunate examples of cases of um, unconscious bias um, and uh, related with racial discrimination, uh, which uh, it happened in two big companies, Zoom and Twitter, which they probably uh, have already invested a lot in software developments with biases, sadly. Uh, and what is worst is that they are, these companies are high influencers of the tech industry. For example, we as a developers, we commonly say, uh, okay, if Twitter is using this library, maybe we should use it as well. So if this library is biased, uh, maybe, maybe uh, or probably that bias will, uh, will spread very quickly um, through the developer development teams. So another case, um, last year, uh, NASA finally achieved a spacewalk performed by two women astronauts without any men being part of the tripulation. Uh, however, everyone was wondering why this achievement took so long. And a common answer includes an unexpected bias. Spacesuits were designed for men, not for women bodies. And okay, you may wonder, well, it means in consequences, in consequence, women bodies are not suitable for space, but that's, you know, far from the truth. Women and men at NASA are well-trained physically and mentally to perform spacewalks. They are capable to operate the suits. And there's a, a, a variety of tasks that they can perform um, no matter if they are tall or small, uh, there's always a task that fits for you. So uh, the spacesuit was designed back in the 70s and they have stayed more, more or less the same until now. Um, having back in the time, mostly men as astronauts, spacesuits were designed bigger. So the lack of small size suits uh, has had repercussions since then, precluding some women for, from participating in spacewalks altogether. Mm, despite the last milestones that I show you uh, that happened last year uh, with a full women of, uh, crew, only 15 women have ever performed spacewalks compared to more than uh, 200 men. So in conclusion, uh, sometimes the effects of those decisions made back in the 70s carry over for decades to come. A last, a last example that I want to share with you um, are more uh, related with the current situation with the pandemic of COVID-19. According to the Center, Disease, the Center of Disease Control and Prevention of United States, 
um, talking about accessibility. 26% of the adults in United States have some type of disability. In Latin America, uh, we have from the 6% to the 15% of adults with some type of disability, which includes, uh, for example, vis visual impairment, low vision, cognitive dis disability, Parkinson Parkinson's disease, and even older people with changing abilities due to aging, that's also considered as a type of disability. So with this data, we have that a big percent of the population in the Americas, we have serious difficulties to access to information, news, articles, and also we cannot access to the benefits of digital banking. So these are the examples of, uh, of the types of disability that we can have. Um, okay, so this data is really serious because in the current context of COVID-19 pandemic, digital banking has become an essential service. And we as the creators are the ones called to break barriers. Right now, it is not acceptable that a user with any type of disability have to go outside exposing themselves to COVID-19 in order to perform a transaction that can be done for a, from a mobile device as easy as for any other user. So, um, the opportunities. This year came with a huge revolution in tech industry. Remote work is now the default way of working and work distributed teams are more common these days. If you are hitting by hack, probably uh, this is going to be your situation at some point. In both cases, um, we are somewhat more exposed to diversity and the best companies and professionals are taking this as an opportunity. First, diversity, um, more uh, talking about companies, more diverse companies are better able to win top talent and improve their customer orientation, employee satisfaction, that satisfaction and decide decision making. And all the lead, all of that leads to a virtuous cycle of increasing, increasing returns. It means that diversity leads innovation. Diversity is a competitive advantage for a company. On the other hand, uh, professionals who are capable of working in diverse environments are highly valuable for teams. Inside of a team, you need to dissent, you need different opinions, creative sparks, and mostly, most importantly, the safety to express those opinions within your colleagues. Teams need a diversity of perspectives and experiences to make products as good as they can be. So, what are the challenges? Because I have told you about the bad cases, the consequences, and also that due to this remote work revolution, we will have more exposed uh, or exposition to diversity. However, exposure is not enough. As companies and professionals, we need to act. We need, we should take action on this matter. And uh, next, I will focus on what we can do as professionals and individuals.
So now that we are aware of how important uh, diversity is, uh, let's take, let's start for baby steps. <laughs> let's uh, do the first step uh, in educating ourselves in bias. What bias means? So first of all, of course, let's define what is an unconscious bias. As humans and individual individuals, we are flooded um, with millions of bits of information, but we only can consciously process about 40 bits. That's uh, from millions, we only have, uh, we only make decisions consciously from 40 bits. Um, that's, uh, that's a result from my research in neurophysiology of sensor systems. I will, uh, in, in some of the tools that I will share with you and the slides, I will uh, give you the, the, the resource of, of, the, of the research. Um, so, okay, unconscious bias are automatic, mental shortcuts, use it to process information and make decisions quickly. Um, and the, the, the way how we do this, how our brains do this, it's amazing because our brains have evolved to make decisions over a large volume of information as fast as we can and demanding low cost. These shortcuts can be useful when making decisions with limited information, focus, or time. For example, concluding if you are enough, if you have enough time to cross the street before the light traffic changes, um, or even in situations of danger, when you feel something is not okay and suddenly your body start, starts screaming, okay, run as fast as possible. <laughs> so these shortcuts, are beneficial and they are like a natural behavior, but sometimes they can lead individuals astray and have unintended consequences in the workplace, for example. So what is the unconscious bias at work? And this information belongs to a workshop uh, from Google called Rework. You, if you want to go deep on, on this workshop that is amazing, you can go to that URL, rework.withgoogle.com. Um, so unconscious bias at workplace may influence with whom you prefer to relate or talk. Also, the unconscious bias at work um, if you are a leadership, if you, if you are in a leadership posi position, it may influence who do you listen carefully, for example, in bra brainstorms meetings, or who do you suggest for a promotion in your team. And for example, if you are a recruiter, it may influence to decide who is more employable, employable based on, for example, how their name sounds like. It is female or, fe or male name, or it is an American name or a Latino name. And regarding this last case, you may uh, thinking that recruiters at the moment of checking resumes say, I absolutely refuse to interview someone named Maria. No, that is not probably the case. More prob probably is the case that um, the, the recruiter may think, I got, so, I got some impressions about what Latinos are like. 
I don't even know this consciously, but I but this filter is causing me to make different decisions than otherwise I would. And this is just a case to show you that unconscious bias are so subtle that you may have not identified them yet. So this is a journey, guys. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, pretending that you, from today to tomorrow, you change everything. That is just not, uh, th there's no probability that it will happen. This is a process and maybe you will not find the, the results immediately. But uh, I want you to uh, take only one uh, action to, to, for you to go and think inside of your job or think about that dream job that you want to have and what do you want to commit uh, when being there. So I want to talk a little bit about my own journey um, because when I was in my university years, I noticed I had a bias. So I thought, for example, working with women was always tricky and difficult. I consider women as bossy, for example, non-consensual were arguing ideas. And okay, you may wonder, well, she's a woman, why she will think like that? <laughs> and that's another peculiarity of unconscious bias. It doesn't distinguish if you belong to the same group of people that you are targeting with your bias. So in an intuitive way, I started exposing myself uh, into the comfort zone. We usually interact with people who are similar to ourselves. It feels comfortable, but that's a really hard bias message. So first of all, I want you to challenge yourself, push ourselves or push yourself to do something uncomfortable. That is, for example, talking with people you wouldn't normally talk to. Um, okay, um, I'm thinking about the workplace. Maybe uh, doing something uncomfortable uh, may, may be uh, moving, for example, back in the time when we were in the offices, move your desk and sit with people you wouldn't normally sit or talk. Uh, that that will uh, end up in, in changing a little bit how you, um, the perception you have from the others around you. Um, so, okay, continuing with my own journey uh, related with these bias that I used to have, um, luckily for me, I got an invitation back in the time, that was five years ago, um, to be part of the first women in tech community being created in my hometown there in my university with all the women and girls I used to study. And in the first meeting, it appeared this question for all of us. So do you think it's difficult to work with other women? And when I listened to this question, I was quite shocked. Uh, also listening in, to the answers because most of them thought the same, most of the other girls, that was difficult. But when it came to my moment to express the reasons why it was difficult, I just bubble and say, you know, maybe it's not like that. 
and and uh, suddenly I started thinking about what is important for me to consider someone to be good to work with me. For example, I consider good for a, for a person in my team to be committed, to be open-minded, uh, to have problem-solving skills. Everything about skills and nothing related with the person's gender. Um, so articulating what was important for me and saying out aloud, uh, talking about it with other persons, uh, it really worked. And right now, almost six years ago, I belong to the biggest community of women in tech in Colombia. And I truly love to work with other women. Uh, and last one, I want to uh, share with you that pay attention to sort of subtle social signals. And this is quite difficult because um, we don't notice them uh, very often. For example, uh, when we were in the offices, what did you used to have around, uh, and I mean, in your desk? Uh, maybe it was objects um, uh, related with that, that show you, okay, this is a space of a man. I have beer, I have uh, a lot of subtle signals sending to the other person uh, that, okay, this is a man's desk. Um, probably those sort of messages were uh, being sent to other women that, okay, this is a men's space and you are not allowed to, um, to put some uh, feminine um, things in, in my, in my, around me, you know? Um, so this is uh, all related with uh, the way how you have designed your physical space around you. And and you can even you with that we can uh, you can send signals and you we can send signals of inclusion or exclusion to the to those around you. So pay attention to that. Um, also, other ways we can mitigate the unconscious bias. Um, we these are more related with. Um, how withhold your, yourself accountable, the process that we are having inside of us, um, keep it, keep it always. This is not a task that you do one um, back in the time and you, you uh, ended up and you finished uh, by some reason. Please hold yourself accountable every time that you are working with the others uh, or when you, for example, if you move abroad, that's a switch on your uh, your the way how you think uh, in order to think about diversity and how you may affect the others around you. So first of all, uh, question your first impressions. Also, justify your decisions. Um, there's this example of of the moment how um, you are uh, giving feedback. If in the case you are in a leadership position, um, so you are have you are giving feedback, uh, please ask to the other person to at the end of the meeting, one on one meeting, to uh, recap what you just said. 
so hearing from the others what the decisions that you have made or the feedback that you have given, um, it makes you also accountable and inside of you, you start justifying your decisions. Okay, so I told I told him or I told her maybe, okay, uh, that uh, he didn't did it very well this, this year, but it was because of this, this and that. Um, so when you listen from another person, you are, you are saying, okay, I was right, or maybe, oh no, this was not what I wanted to say. Uh, so you start like kind of a conversation um, between you, your mind, and the decisions that you have made. And of course, always ask for feedback uh, from the people around you. Um, are, were the decisions that you have made uh, correct, proper, how did you uh, share with the people? Um, how do you communicate those um, those hard stuff that we or hard decisions that you have made? Uh, so it's everything about communication and also how the others perceive what you what you have expressed. And also now talking about the others hold others accountable um, for example create a culture of calling out unconscious bias in your work um, you can go to the, to the workshop of google uh, it it's more about like one hour workshop but there's a lot of information and research and you can extract what you what you want and what it, what you need from your team um, and you can make your own your own workshop and start doing some little tasks tasks in maybe in the daily meetings or on in the um, on every two weeks for example when a sprint uh, finished um, include some uh, of these workshops there um also make others justify their their decisions okay so you you say um this requirement was was not proper and didn't relate with our team but why tell me why uh, it is related with this um we, how are the users uh that are using our our application for example how do you think the users are? Uh, so always make others justify the decisions. It's always justify my decisions and make others justify their, their decisions. And finally, make decisions collectively. Uh, it, it is very important to, to have in mind that and take advantage of if you are in a diverse team, uh, it means you can have very different perspectives or of us of a one topic. Uh, so if you make decisions collectively, collectively, it means you have heard them. Uh, maybe they may find something that you wouldn't expect it. Uh, so this is very important. And um, just to finish, uh, I want to pause okay. this. 
Hey, Maria. Just sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Uh, but I just realized that both of our cameras are off. Do you mind oh. checking on your side as well? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> sorry. No problem. Okay. So, um, inside of a culturally diverse company, let's imagine, let's picture that you got your dream job with the perfect position and soon you will be relocated uh, to a company with headquarters, for example, I don't know, Germany, but they are also currently operating from different locations, Canada, Brazil, Colombia, India. So being aware of how awesome it is to be working in a cultural diverse company and how it is important for you to be in a company which resonates with your diversity, those, those and belief, it, it is really nice. So next, I will share with you some strategies that you can, uh, you, you can work since the first day in your dream job. Specifically, uh, what you can do in terms of communication. So uh, I know a big part of us, for a big part of us, English is not a native language. Our, and our English proficiency certainly could be a communication barrier. But uh, in this case, let's assume we all have a good uh, level of English uh, in order to establish, for example, a fluent conversation. Um, because communication between cultures has its own challenges. Every culture has its own approach on how they communicate, explicitly or through multiple meanings, depending on of the context. So regarding communication, we need to be aware how transparent or clear we are, as well as our messages, uh, how clear they are and how much it is implied. So passing information within cultures is different. Same culture, same context, communicating, uh, I mean, talking about uh, communication styles. Uh, so there the message is clear. If you are communicating inside of a low context culture, um, the, measure, the message is clear. Uh, but when you are facing a communication barrier between cultures, uh, it is definitely a distortion of information. Assumptions ambiguous requirements, for example, that you may receive or, for example, executing a type of leadership, you being the leader, uh, that the team maybe doesn't feel comfortable with, those are, uh, those are maybe challenges that you may face when communicating from within cultures. So low awareness of communication styles may result in people for example, thinking that you are not transparent or also um, you may find conflicts about being considered rude when it wasn't really your intention. Means understanding of what level of detail is needed is an, uh, also a drawback of not being aware of these differences. So, 
Um, in low context cultures, uh, we can say that what is meant is what is said. And in high context cultures, we can say what is meant is very different than what is said. Um, so we have an example. Uh, this is from the communication scale, uh, the culture map, eight skills of work. You may find um, this link here in the presentation when I share it with you. So these are uh, some examples of countries that are in long co low context and also high context. Uh, we find that uh, United States has a low context culture and then Canada, Australia, Germany, um, and moving uh, to, the to the right, we may find Argentina just right in the middle and the Latin American countries here, Brazil, Spain, Mexico, um, and then we, we start moving in the, some European and Asian uh, countries. So this doesn't mean that something is better than the other. It's just how the, how the communication has evolved in all of these cultures. Uh, but we need to be aware how or where we are here in this, in this graph. Um, in order to uh, identify how to communicate to my colleagues, if, for example, I'm from Mexico and, and, and I'm working for a German company, it means that I have, in my culture, I have a high context communication culture, but I need to move to the low context way of com communication in order to communicate properly with my colleagues in Germany. So in low context cultures, good communication is precise, simple, and clear. Messages are expressed and understood, understood directly, and repetition helps to clarify information. On the other hand, in high context cultures, good communication is sophisticated and layered. Messages should be read between lines, and also messages are often implied but not expressed directly. So what can we do? Uh, how are the strategies or the tactics? For example, let's start with low context cultures. Um, maybe you, we can start with speaking or trying to speak clear in an explicit way. Uh, if I'm in Argentina and I'm communicating if, uh, with someone in Australia, uh, maybe I'll be more uh, more oriented to a, a high context culture and I need to speak more clear to my colleagues in Australia. Also, you can start a conversation by the main idea always, making your points clear and recapping what has been decided. And you, while having a discussion about communication, uh, you can share tools and styles uh, in a very clear way, um, uh, to, just to, in order to uh, have the same tools and styles of communication between all of all of the all of the team inside of the team. Now, in high contrast cultures, uh, some of the tactics. 
tactics that we can we can do is express the intention of the level of detail you are going to express the ideas for, for because uh, you know sometimes too much detail it is interpreted in a negative way uh, maybe they interpret uh, okay, why you are telling me this in in so much detail uh, way? Are you thinking that I'm not capable enough to understand your messages? That could be tricky. So always express the intention of the level of detail. Mm, also, you you may um, learning to listen what is meant, uh, but not say it. Uh, it is, this is a, a very good strategy. Um, we call this repair, uh, finding always the hidden messages, the, the message. Also, you can ensure that you are checking in always. Uh, this is what you meant. This is, um, this is what we are going to do uh, tomorrow or in the next sprint or in the next week. Uh, also, use clarified questions and listen more to what is really being said and respond more carefully. Just uh, not answer or respond the first thing that you that comes to our mind. Okay, so we have low context cultures and high context cultures, uh, but sometimes we don't have the, the possibility to work inside of the same context culture. And uh, this is more likely what is going to happen. Uh, we are going to be inside of universal teams. Uh, so we need to use universal tactics to use in a multicultural team. Low context can be used for all types of communication, verbal or written. So uh, one of the tactics is let's each other person to summarize his or her task, just to recap. Also choose, for example, a team member in a meeting, in the case of a meeting, to recap the key points. Or choose a person to send a written recap after the meeting. Uh, also, you can complement this uh, in one-on-one -on -one meetings. Um, you, can, you can ask for summaries after this type of meetings or phone calls. Always, it's always about recapping or uh, articulating what is, what is uh, being understood or what did you say. So that's it, guys. Um, I have uh, shared with you uh, some tools. First, the, um, the importance of being aware of this um, of diversity, why it's so important for companies, why it's so important for you as a, as a person inside of a team, uh, the drawbacks, the bad cases, uh, and also have given you two tools. First, the rework workshop from Google, and this tool related with the communication scale um, when that you can use in the first day inside of, uh, of your dream job. So hope you may find this useful. And uh, thank you so much for being here with us. That was great, Maria. Thank you so much for your presentation. Uh, yeah, so before we go to some questions, since we have already the Premium Academy uh, 
screen here right now. Let me just remind you guys that we're having some great discounts for this Black Friday. Um, you can get any of our plans, either for one, three, or six months. I personally would choose the six months because, you know, more discounts and more time for you to um, get the um, take advantage of the content that we share, right? So just want to remind you guys that we have classes of integral preparation um, from Monday to Thursdays. Uh, we discuss behavioral and technical questions. We have been working on some technical exercises as well. Um, besides that, we have the profile review uh, where one specialist from our team will help you to improve your profile and make it stand out, you know, uh, in our pool of amazing candidates, right? So yeah, and you also get access to our exclusive Slack community. Um, so yeah, um, just make sure that you check that out, right? Uh, so yeah, Maria, let's go for some questions maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I saw one very interesting here in the chat. Um, so sometimes even before you start a conversation, uh, you're not sure how the other person will react or reply to you. So uh, how to um, handle that fear that might stop us uh, communicating to, to people? How to tackle that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting question, Dinesh, uh, because the fear is always there. <laughs> so uh, one strategy that I use is, of course, preparing myself very well for that conversation. Um, what are the topics and also what are these um, difficult topics that I am going to share with the other person that may lead to a difficult conversation. Uh, but so first prepare, of course, very, very well yourself, uh, the information uh, for that meeting. And also this is, this is very important um, also for companies just to it, it is very important to have a culture when you are when you feel safe or where you feel safe to share uh, opinions or make debates it is very important but uh, this is also related with the culture some cultures uh, for example some latin american cultures and specifically in colombia we um we we may not find very good at debating with people uh we are more cons consensual and we 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 do what what the people uh, tell us to do so there's not too much debate in this type of cultures but in the other side there's other type of cultures for example in ukraine germany uh, where debates or for example france and debates are in in are in the in all the spaces and uh, every time uh, and they don't consider this as a negative uh, thing. Uh, for them, it's very positive to uh, throw a topic and everyone start talking about it. So um, I will I will start. Will be great if you are in a company or or you are in a team where a debate is is considered good. But if not, uh, maybe you can start pushing a little bit uh, with some baby steps. Uh, for example, in the daily meetings, asking a lot, 
just to uh, create this environment where it's safe to ask for opinions and, and when it, where it's safe to say no, for example. So this is this is something that you can you can do. Awesome. There's another good question here. Um, how do we prepare for diversity and how do we use it as an advantage? Mm -hmm. Yes, you can use uh, some of the tools that I have shared with you. Uh, go to the YouTube channel, for example, of Google. There's a lot of uh, workshops related with unconscious bias. So hold yourself accountable. Um, start thinking what may, uh, what bias may you may have. Um, it, 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 they will be subsidial. Or for for example, in my case, thinking about working with other women was was very difficult. Uh, those type of bias are maybe fine to very uh, uh, maybe difficult to uh, mitigate because you are inside of the uh, you are inside of the target of that bias. Uh, so yes, um, educate yourself in bias and and also. For example, if you are from India, if you are from Latin America and you want to move abroad, uh, realize that you are going to be you are going to be a different person in their culture. So uh, realize that your difference is also very important for them, for the team, for the new company that you are going to belong with. Uh, it is important for you to, to have that in mind. All right, awesome. Let me see another question here. Um, yeah, so about companies that embrace diversity, are they more prepared to deal with globalization? Do you believe that? We are in the way. <laughs> but for example, um, a, a very nice case that we are seeing the results very quickly is in their recruitment processes. Uh, now, uh, thanks to the AI and machine learning improvements and new things that are coming out, uh, some of these processes are being created uh, in, a, in a neutral environment where, where they don't have bias. But of course, they are, uh, who is uh, creating those algorithms? Uh, should be a diversity because they can the these algorithms can inherit the bias of the of the developers so it should be very careful but we have seen there are very good results in the recruitment processes uh, and some companies have started um, from that because that's a very critical process and a very critical stage of getting the proper people for the needs that you have inside of your company. So if you improve that process, uh, you, I think you are uh, starting doing good and moving forward for a, for a diverse uh, company. Awesome, that's great. Um, I think we have time for one more question. There is another one here um, back to the communication context. So for example, people who are more direct, in the communication sometimes can be misunderstood you know as rude or something like that so how can we um, feel if we are being friendly enough to other people how to 
have that balance with our own style of communication. Yeah, I I just uh, remind um, my my personal experience with working uh, with uh, Ukrainian people um, in in a previous job uh, because we as Latinos we are moving our hands always we are expressing in our in our faces what we uh, what we want to share uh, and you can get this. Uh, these hidden messages from our facial expressions but sometimes in europe in european cultures this is not the case um and uh, we got this strategy um well well sometimes we as colombians we felt uh, in the in the one-on-one -on -one feedback meetings that we were receiving a negative um, feedback, but that wasn't the case. It's just that we perceive from the uh, with from our Ukrainian colleague because they barely have these um, facial expressions in the same way as we have as Latinos. So uh, we started doing some uh, previous day feedback meetings uh, when they when they share and we share the results. We have previous meetings in a, a more informal environment. So just to have quick chats um, uh, in Zoom video calls or video calls in general, uh, talking about uh, like a global topic. I don't know, Maradona died yesterday. <laughs> and I know uh, people from Ukraine, from Ukraine also like a lot football. So just start these uh, informal conversations previous to the formal ones. And there you can inherit uh, that, okay, uh, uh, I'm getting the message from the informal meeting that uh, this is how they communicate. So when we move to the formal meeting, uh, I know um, somewhat how what to expect from them. So that could be a strategy. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really passionate about communication, about languages. Uh, and I think it was very valuable how you showed us this difference in low and high context. Uh, and yeah, I can totally relate to that by being from South America as well. We from Brazil, we love telling our stories. We speak with our hands as well. So yeah, and when you need to deal with people with different contexts, yes, we need to. Um, get that feeling you know that uh the, the person is receiving it on the same level you know on the same page as we are right uh let me see oh that is a great question here um okay um is it better to be different or to fit uh homogeneously in a new culture at work hmm, that's a great one yeah very interesting and i i want i want to um i would prefer to keep myself as i am uh maybe maybe start not uh just maybe in the middle just start uh because maybe if you want if you move abroad and you join to a very different culture from the one uh, to you belong to, um, maybe could be difficult at the very beginning. Uh, so start in a neutral way, and then start showing uh, to the others 
maybe the differences that uh, may you may have in your culture, start talking about the food, for example, or some uh, other topics, uh, but keep yourself different. That is, that is very important because that's the benefit uh, from being in a diverse team. Uh, that's not a drawback. Being different is, of course, always a, a good thing. But just, you know, just start um, like maybe low and smooth, <laughs> uh, step by step, but for sure keep yourself different. Yeah, this was a great question to wrap up all the discussion. And it's interesting because yesterday um, we, I, I, I received a, a former Van Hacker who got hired and uh, has tons of experience interviewing. So he joined our class at Premier Academy for a technical interview practice. And this was one thing that he was mentioning. Um, uh, he said that we deserve to be happy at our workplace. So uh, it's not just about um, pretending to fit somewhere, you know, but we need to keep being ourselves and find the places where we will feel comfortable being ourselves. So it's it's another thing. Uh, it's not just about um, fitting in completely in the company, but finding the right place where we fit in, right? Absolutely. So, that's awesome. Great. Perfect. Um, yeah, I think we're on schedule. Uh, so yeah. Thank you so much, Maria, for joining us. Thank you so much for your time, for all the content. It was amazing. Uh, and I need to confess that I'm very proud of you because I have seen you participating in classes with us already. Uh, and it's amazing just to see you guys standing out and putting ourselves there. And, thank you so much. You know, thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> contributing with our community. This is great. Awesome. All right, yeah, guys, yes, guys. So remember, check that out. Uh, the Premium Academy um, offers that we have for you. And yeah, Maria, any final words before we go? Thank you so much for inviting me here, for being here, listening to me. Uh, no, that this is amazing, and this is a great way, uh, especially in Thanksgiving. I mean, we do not celebrate this uh, this this date, but. I find very, very nice to say thank you. So, and, and find like a day to say thank you. That's very special. Uh, so thank you. <laughs> yes, definitely. Thank you everybody. And your next webinar starts in two minutes. So you definitely wanna run to the next room as well. <laughs> okay. Thank you so thank much you so everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Van Hack Podcast. Make sure to create your account at vanhack.com to access jobs that are hiring from abroad.